behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. Another great word from Andre Leon Talley. You know I love to have him as my intro. Dropping gems as usual. He is the editor at large for Vogue. And Happy New Year. It's 2020 now for four days. And we have to take a look back at 2019. So many great moments, too many to mention. I usually do a lot more planning around my show and my reviews and my critiques. Um, But I'm just going to wing it today. I have some notes. And if you hear me pausing, it's because I'm collecting my thoughts. So one of the really great moments of the year that I just want to acknowledge is Rihanna. Still killing it. Just, wow, talk about a decade in review, right? Um, Rihanna has outdone herself with Fenty, with Savage Fenty, and now as the first Black woman to be a creative director of a luxury fashion house, Louis Vuitton, um, and keeping her name on the brand, Fenty, under the LVMH umbrella. Um, Wow, just history in the making. She keeps making history, and I am shocked, amazed, and proud, and so glad that it's a Black woman making these kind of waves. It's so exciting. It paves the way for others. Um, It is very difficult to be a woman, a Black woman in fashion, in any form or fashion, uh, excuse the pun, whether you're a a stylist or a makeup artist or hairstylist, it's, it's challenging. It's still not diverse at the tables of power and not diverse behind the scenes. Um, and we'll come back to what it looks like on the runway and in advertisements because that's looking a lot better than it used to. Um, Pure Moss always holding it down for the culture. Uh, this last show, he honored Rosetta Tharp. And if you don't know who that is, please Google it. Turns out she was also queer, um, which is difficult to be even, you know, not only five minutes ago, five years ago, but, you know, 30 plus years ago. Um, but Rosetta Tharp basically paved the way for Elvis and Tina Turner and Little Richard and rock and roll in general. So please, please take a look at the history. Um, A highlight for me personally and just in general in LA, the Cross Colors exhibit at CAM, the California African American Museum. If you have not seen it, it is still up. Um, So well curated, um, such history behind what the clothing really meant. Um, I mean, it was edgy to just have dark models at that time, right? We're talking late 80s, early 90s. So um, that exhibit um, shows its origin from the Marcus Garvey movement and the Black Nationalist movement, and then brings it all the way to current times where you have Cardi B and Bruno Mars um, basically performing in cross colors. The Crown Act was passed in California. What is a crown? A crown is the hair on top of a black woman's head. Um, The Crown Act, we're the first state to pass it, and it basically states that 
you cannot discriminate against ethnic hair, essentially, um, based on texture of hair or hairstyle. And as you know, or may not know that, you know, black girls have been getting expelled and suspended from school because they have um, braids or cornrows or, uh, you know, a style that's considered unkempt or untidy, such as an Afro, when that's the way black hair grows out of the scalp. And textures range, you know, from wash and go to what some may call 4C. I don't know all the C's of natural hair. I'm not that person. Um, But the bottom line is for years, black women have been straightening their hair to assimilate to uh, predominantly corporate white culture. And um, not to say that those days are over, but passing a law, definitely will prevent some companies discriminating against black women for this reason. I don't think you can just start coming to work in Afros. I don't think we're there yet. We're the first state to pass this, and I guess New York is going to be next, but um, still a long road ahead of us. But at least if you lose your job over your hairstyle, you can sue. Um, And with that said, I'm wondering how long barrettes are going to be a style. Barrettes got trendy. Everyone is wearing barrettes. Women of all ages rocking barrettes is very cute. I'm already a little over the one huge barrette that has the trim and the pearl. I feel like Zara and H&M kind of killed that look as they always do. Um, but it was cute for a while. Um, I hope to not see it in 2020. Another little style, biker shorts. How many rocked their biker shorts again in 2019 with a blazer and a bra top and either a puffy sneaker or a boot to the knee or an ankle boot? Um, looking real super 2019, Kendall Jenner or Haley Baldwin. They're all rocking this look. Uh, Bella Hadid um, biker shorts was a black girl style all the way from back in the 80s, um, from the hood, from low-income areas, from hip-hop. So um, I'm glad that, you know, it's a widespread uh, trend. Um, I wish more homage was given, but um, let's see if it continues in 2020. I still enjoy my biker shorts, but as you know, everything gets appropriated. So Um, lots of logos. I remember lots of logos on everything late 90s and it's back everything comes back basically don't throw shit out everything is going to come back and what i love about 2019 is a recognition of dapper dan the king of logos one of the first to do it one of the first to create everything with a luxury logo including an entire truck that ll cool used in one of his videos so if you don't know about Dapper Dan yet still, because you're hiding under, under a rock, please Google it, hit Mama Google, and please, please read about this man who is now in his 70s and is finally getting his due credit. Um, Virgil Abloh is saying that streetwear will die in 2020. I think it's been dying a slow death for a while. As soon as the world gets their hands on something and luxury houses figure out that they can make money off of it, that's the beginning of its death. Once everyone's doing it, it's practically dead. So now that sneakers and logos and edgy graphic t-shirts are all considered 
luxury now, where does that leave the traditional streetwear collection? Um, I think there's still going to be space for that to live. There's always going to be someone who wants to rebel against the major fashion houses, who doesn't have the money to afford a Louis Vuitton or a Fendi or a Moschino t-shirt. And they will continue to buy, you know, local local brands, local designers. Um, and, you know, streetwear and surf kind of overlap as well, um, as well as skater. So I don't think it's that dead, but let's see if Virgil's right. Virgil is you know, baby godfather in the making, um, has done tremendous things. And, uh, I hope he's juggling all of it as, I don't know if you know, but he has taken a mental break. Um, but he is, uh, scheduled to have a show in about two weeks. JLo, that was a fun moment, um, during the Versace show. She wore her infamous green dress and I, I don't know, I damn near think she looks better now than she did then. The thing with these celebrities is, the more money they get, the more they can afford. All the chefs, all the trainers, all the plastic surgery, not saying that she got any, all the fillers. Um, and she's probably in better shape. You know, we were a little bit more lax on bodies being super toned and they were a little soft. And she always had a great dancer body, but definitely more more toned now than she was then. And I thought that was such a great a uh, great moment. I still think that was just one of the most iconic dresses, maybe even of the decade. So that was awesome. Now, what we weren't happy about, a little bit of the controversy. Um, did anyone see the hoodie with the noose around the neck? I love how these brands, they put all of their token black celebrities in in the front row of these runway shows and then they send down super racist uh outfits um there was a hoodie from burberry with a noose around it and there was a lot of apologizing after that happened and who do you have at the table who are you hiring because people of color are not going to allow something like this to make it past the conference room right um, again, Gucci with the blackface. As we know, the Change Makers program um, that's being supervised by Dapper Dan is in full effect. And so far, they've been keeping their word. Um, Alessandro himself seems to want to make amends. Um, I'm, I have more confidence in Gucci because they have someone there doing the gatekeeping. Not so much at Burberry. Burberry is an English brand feels old-fashioned, feels like it's not a lot of people of color at the table of power. So let's see what they do next. Um, The good news is that all of the runways in 2019, um, it was the most diverse year ever for people of color, women of color, body types, um, gender, Uh, LGBTQ people, race. It was just the most diverse um, fashion year ever for the runway for ads. Um, And and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I had a brand, it was so funny. I had a brand ask me to hand model for them, but then I realized that they had no black people working for them. And that was kind of awkward. I did it once and then the second time I passed because brands which I'm sure all the brands in the world are listening to me right now. Um, 
if you want the black and brown dollars, you're going to have to include them in your companies. You're going to have to hire them. You're going to have to give them positions of power, positions where they have, uh, they can make decisions. So, you know, it's cool to make the brand seem diverse on the front to get the dollars, to get the black and brown dollars. And I get it. That's just capitalism at its finest to appeal to everyone to get as much money as possible. But also, if you don't have any people of color working in your corporation, this is just manipulation. And please stop. Um, Okay. Some sad news. It was the final year for Carl Lagerfeld. A lot of people are like, fuck that guy. The guy was terrible to women. He was mean. He was critical. The fashion world, let's just be honest. Let's make our peace with the fact that it is an industry based on look and judgment and and body type and a lot of that is changing and you can't deny the old guard and some of the talents of the old guard and and Karl Lagerfeld is definitely from that he's from an old school group of men who are able to do whatever they wanted and that's always facilitated by someone else someone higher up someone with power so you know as we reflect on his career and the highlights of it and all that he did to revive Chanel because Chanel was just an old stuffy brand that grandma wore to church on Sunday um to like an edgy damn near street influence brand year after year after year um you can't deny that you know gender relations is undergoing a change a shift and even a lot of men are realizing that some of the things they used to say like hey smile and or give me a hug uh, these demands that men would make of women it didn't make them bad people. They're just now realizing that they were doing something wrong. And we are all every year becoming more and more aware of it. So it's easy to point the finger and pretend you're perfect and say, hey, you know, all men suck or whatever, or the fashion industry is bullshit and it's super misogynist and sexist and racist. Change is happening and it's important to just keep the conversation going and keep fighting for your seat at the table. So rest in peace, Carl Lagerfeld, um, Gloria Vanderbilt, and Emmanuel Ungaro. Huge losses for the industry. Um, Another moment, which I think basically sealed his VIP status forever, Billy Porter in that tuxedo gown on the red carpet amazing it was an amazing moment still got backlash because you know it's a man in a dress but get over it so what too bad i know everyone lost their mind when Jaden, you know modeled that skirt for uh, louis vuitton just get over it things are fluid people are gay people are queer people are bi people are trans everyone's just gonna have to get over it men are gonna rock gowns and they're gonna rock suits all at the same time so I'm glad that he did that. It was impeccable. Got the tailoring on it. It was just a lot of women didn't even have this grade of tailoring on their dress. So I thought it was incredible. Um, speaking of sleaze balls, uh, I'm not sure if you guys were aware that Harvey Weinstein was married to the co-founder of Marquesa, but 
definitely the brand suffered after all of those allegations came out about Harvey Weinstein. Apparently someone saw him at a party not too long ago and he was at a table with like a ton of blondes and you know, his insurance company was the one that paid out, you know, after all these lawsuits, but he didn't really have to come off of his own personal money. But anyway, um, Karen Craig, the uh, um, partner at Marquesa stepped down and the brand, although those dresses are beautiful, they took a couple of hits after Harvey Weinstein. I'd be interested to see if they survive A and B, uh, what the next step is, you know, in reinventing and, and cleaning up their, their brand and their image. Um, something I'm super happy about that actually I started reporting on this woman when I first started the podcast. Meghan Markle, they now call the Meghan Markle effect the Markle Sparkle. Super cute. Um, she has boosted designers' profiles, I mean, so much. She can dress. Bottom line, she's beautiful. She's stylish. She's poised. She's graceful. She is an amazing princess, and everyone just needs to really get off her back. I can't imagine what would happen if she was not mixed and just a tad darker. Thank God, this is going to sound horrible, but thank God that her, her baby could damn their past for white because they are really, really, really hard on Meghan Markle, and I don't understand why. But anyway, um, it's probably jealousy and hate, and pretty much every outfit she's ever worn has sold out and has boosted those designers' profiles. Um... Barney's, I guess that's another rest in peace. Barney's went bankrupt um, after 100 years in business. So sad. It's sad to start a business, have that level of longevity. Will we ever even see that again? We're so much living in a time of startup culture. But yep, Barney's is done. It was such an aspirational store and it was known as almost like the edgier department store. They would get things they would be ahead of the curve with trends and style and you know I mean I applied a few times back in the day and I never got hired but hey you know maybe that's why they went out of business they were resistant to change and resistant to diversify their their staff and their vision and you know business as usual is just not going to work and as e-commerce pretty much becomes the standard for shopping so it was a nice run, Barney's. Rest in peace. Zach Posen, another sad one, has shut down his label after 20 years. So talented, and so many stars wore it. I can see him taking on a bunch of other projects like designing for a Target or a Zara a capsule collection or just doing basically custom, custom dresses for celebs. Um, America has the most amount of billionaires of any country in the world. We're rich as hell, so I don't think he's going to miss any any coin in 2020. He's got a reputation, and he's definitely got the clientele. Uh, Poor Victoria's Secret. Speaking of business as usual, uh, they have officially canceled future runway shows, and even Kendall Jenner herself couldn't, you know, keep it going. Um, They didn't want to diversify the body types they didn't want to you know um allow trans models on the runway they said some pretty disparaging thing about trans people and 
just terrible, just old fashioned and resistant to change. And things are going so quickly with technology. You just have to be open to something different. Basically, if it's making you uncomfortable, it's probably the way to go. So um, I imagine Victoria's Secret is going to continue. It's, this sounds like such an old fashioned catalog business and just stay online and people will buy their itchy robes and itchy thongs online only going forward. Now, did you get a tiny purse last year? Um, Jacquemus, the Chiquito bag, uh, the French brand, pretty much can probably live forever off the sale of all these tiny purses. Um, it's the It bag. It reminds me of the saddle bag, early 2000s um, from Dior. This is just the hottest bag around. It comes in a bunch of colors. Uh, I believe it's the tiny bag that Lizzo was holding on the runway recently that's already become a Halloween costume. Um, the tinier, the better, tiny, as tiny as a bracelet or a, um, tinier than a, uh, what do they call it? How kind of a fanny pack. There's a fanny pack version. Every version of the Chiquito bag you can think of, Jacquemus has. And while I don't have one, uh, I'm definitely thinking about getting some version of it um, for my birthday in a couple of weeks, maybe. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Nicole wants a house, so she probably will be chilling on the shopping. Um, another major moment, the release of Michelle Obama from conservative dressing. She went on tour for her book and she is becoming Michelle Obama all over again. This family is just my fave and totally family goals, marriage goals. When she wore the, the yellow dress with the Balenciaga, basically holographic thigh-high boots, I mean, which first lady has worn thigh-high boots? First of all, which first lady has worn Balenciaga? I mean, while what's his face's wife, whatever her name is, Melania, be best lady, uh, is now she can dress I will give it up she has a good team but she's a former model and that makes sense that her she has one job because her talking is not her job she should be dressing impeccably but Michelle is the whole package beauty brains just just a leader just a mentor to so many and stylish um and to do it while um being on stage with Sarah Jessica Parker was just, it was just such a moment because, you know, if you, I know Girls is the go-to um, chick series that everyone loved, but I'm still a Sex in the City uh, chick forever and ever. And so, you know, Balenciaga Boots plus SJP was like a perfect moment for me. Um, Tracy Ellis Ross, I just enjoy her Instagram and her goofiness. She always looks phenomenal on the show Blackish and even on her Instagram and she has fun with it. You know, she plays around with it. And I, I, I love that. I love that she looks great but keeps keeps it humble, keeps it silly, keeps it funny, doesn't take herself too seriously. Love her whole vibe and I imagine we have tons of amazing outfits in uh in the future here in 2020. Um, I think tie-dye might go away. Remember that trend tie-dye? Even people were making their own t-shirts. Um, I think it's going to last another year, but hopefully by 2021. Jesus, hard to think about that. The tie-dye thing will uh, be a wrap. Queen and Slim, 
So thinking about style, thinking about culture, thinking about blackness, I am black surprise, I'm a black woman. Um, I just did an episode uh, with my good friend Quentin about Queen and Slim and all of the layers, all of the boxes it checks off for me personally. Having a black director, having a black writer, having a black wardrobe stylist, um, a black trans woman, and you never speak on it. It just was, it was just so many great things about this movie and I think we'll see even more of this happening I think it was a success I I feel like Melina is just getting started and the looks at it were great and they they celebrated black designers like Puffy Sean John was in it I know he sold it but still technically a black designer um Brothers Vellies and so forth there was so many great things about celebrating black girl culture in Queen and Slim, and I can't wait to see uh, the next thing Melina does. And Melina Masukas, as you may or may not know, is known uh, for being Beyonce's director. So, um, you know, just the theme of Black Girl Magic is gonna continue. Um, What else, what else? Well, those are my thoughts on 2019 on the year in review, and For me, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but the most striking, beautiful, stylish piece of art for, I'm gonna boldly go with the entire year of 2019, for me, was Solange. Solange continues to reinvent herself. She keeps it interesting. She keeps it historically accurate, um, graceful, she gives homage, she celebrates black women, black men, and everything in between. She reclaims, constantly reclaiming. As quickly as people can appropriate black female culture, Solange takes it back. And she truly took it back again uh, with her extended director's cut of When I Get Home. If you haven't seen it, it's right on YouTube and free to see. I tried to go and see it at the Getty. I tried to go and see her performance at the Getty and it was just like sold out in two minutes. It's just always too hectic to try to run into Solange at some, you know, limited edition cultural event like that. But when I get home, it's a type of album as well that the more you listen to it, the better it gets. And then the visuals just make it all the better. I mean, you have to see this if you haven't seen it. I'm so happy for her. I know that she is separated from her husband, so um, she is looking really, really, really good. All I know is that when people, women get divorced, they tend to get in shape. (laughs) They get a new attitude. So she has great hair. She has a great killer body. And when I get home and the style is just perfection, pure perfection, the most visually striking, beautiful piece of art, fashion, and style for 2019 for me is Solange's When I Get Home. And on that note, till next time, I say peace.